Hello and welcome to Messages from First United Methodist Brookings, Brookings First United Methodist Church's new podcast. My name is Sam Becker, and I'm the church's worship technology and media director. This podcast is a full audio version of the sermon, message, and scripture from each week's services for those who prefer to listen in a portable audio format. Today's message was delivered by Pastor Pete Grassow on May 12, 2021. You can watch the entire service on our website, brookingsmethodist.org, and on our Facebook page at Brookings First United Methodist Church. Now, here's Pastor Pete with Sent by Jesus. So join with me. We're going to the Gospel of St. Mark. Mark chapter 16, we're picking up at verse 15 and going through to verse 20. Mark 16. It is a moment when Jesus has taken his disciples outside of Jerusalem. He's standing on a hill and is speaking to them. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. By using my name, they'll cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes in their hands, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and proclaimed the good news everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that accompanied it. Here ends the gospel, and we give thanks for these words that have been preserved and passed down to us. This final chapter of Mark is somewhat tricky to deal with because clearly there have been different writers working on it. The chapter begins with the empty tomb of Jesus, with three women who are told by a man dressed in white that Jesus had risen from the dead. And most biblical scholars believe that this gospel ends at verse 8. There's that sense of it is concluded. But you see, the story is not concluded. We've had the story of the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus. The unfinished bit is, what then? It's a little like nowadays, if you go and buy a book on Kindle, you need to be really careful because you might find yourself coming to the end of the book and the story is unfinished and the author says, you need to buy my next book to know what's happening next. That's kind of the feel. Mark's gospel finishes, but it's not finished. And and everyone says, what then? And there is the feel, most scholars believe, that the what then was written by Mark's disciples, by the Markan school, that, that the gospel finished and there were too many people saying, but, but what happened? 
And so the verses we have read were added a little later under pressure from people saying, but what happened after the resurrection of Jesus? I draw on the teaching of New Testament scholar Bruce Metzger, who says there were teachers who had a point to make. They wanted to remind the followers of Jesus that they were called to be in mission. And I believe the point today in the 21st century is as important as in the first century. So, so join me in a moment's reflection on these few verses from Mark and as a text, Mark 16 verse 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. Go into all the world, proclaim the good news to the whole creation. And if I can break this verse down a little and, and allow it to be the, the thought that holds us together tonight. Go into all the world. By the end of the first century, the followers of Jesus had been driven out of Jerusalem, scattered across the Roman Empire, and had reached a point where they were afraid of Roman persecution and spent much of their time in hiding. Those who have traveled to Rome will have had opportunity to view the catacombs where many Christians hid out, the, the cemeteries of Rome. Many others scattered into rural areas where they would hopefully be able to keep their heads down and avoid being persecuted for their faith. Many... Um, Many, in a sense, forgetting the command of Jesus, living lives angry with the Romans, living lives that blamed the Romans for having scattered them. Certainly it was the Romans who burned Jerusalem down and scattered many of those early Christians. And it was the Roman persecution that, that caused the dispersion of Christians. But, says the writer here in Mark, you have forgotten the command of Jesus. It was Jesus who said, go into all the world. The Romans might have scattered you, but in a sense, you are being obedient to Jesus. So don't hide away from life. Don't, don't feel like you're being deprived of life because the command of Jesus was to go out into life. Certainly the reminder that our faith is not lived in private. Our faith is literally lived out in the market square. It is our tradition as Christians that we have a public faith. Go into all the world. We have a history of Christians living their faith in the village square, in the streets, in the places where people eat and socialize. And I'm wondering whether we can't still hear Jesus saying, go into all the world. And I'm wondering whether we have the courage to live out our faith in the stores and on the sports field and in the law courts and in the prisons and on the university campus and in the pubs in town and in the street markets. That we can hear Jesus saying, 
I did not raise you up to live inside church buildings. I have sent you into all the world. And perhaps tomorrow on Ascension Day, you can imagine Jesus standing on that mountainside and saying to all of us, I'm sending you out into the world to proclaim my gospel. Go into all the world, proclaim the good news. We do need to note that the invitation is to speak good news. And, and sometimes I wonder if we as Christians have forgotten that we become so good at speaking bad news. We want to condemn people. We want to point out all their failings. We want to make people feel like rubbish. And I wonder if people actually are hearing good news at all. Please note that in the gospel, when Jesus says proclaim good news, he is intending that it should be attractive. He, he, he really is saying speak words that are attractive, not words that are repulsive. And when we go into Acts, the book of Acts, which is literally the what then, what did they do next? We discover that good news was preached. Acts 2 verse 47 tell us that people wanted to join the early church. They discovered the good news to be attractive and, and the numbers grew. Acts 4.33 says, Grace was found in the church and people willingly donated money because they saw the work that the church was doing. And so I pose the question. I pose it to myself as much as to any of us. Do we still experience church as good news? And my fear is that all too often church is experienced as bad news. We keep an eye on each other's sins and point out each other's failings. We chase people away from church when they are at their weakest. When an unmarried pregnant young girl arrives, we judge her and talk about her and pull her character apart. And she doesn't experience much good news in this Christian community. When people who are addicted to alcohol and drugs arrive at our church, do they experience good news or are they judged for their failures? When people cannot pay their church dues, we subtly put pressure on them and tell them they're not, they're not actually good enough. And certainly in our case, the, the dreadful, dreadful judgment we pass on gay and lesbian people, um, the awful language we use for transgender people, we, we give the impression as church people that God hates them. Instead of saying, welcome amongst us, you are brothers and sisters. We are all in God's family. There is very little good news. And so perhaps it is time to hear Jesus say, proclaim the good news to such as these. Go into all the world and proclaim good news. Let me go back to that text, the text that uh, he said to them, go into all the world, proclaim 
good news, proclaim good news to the whole creation. This was a tough message for those in the early church. Many in the early church believed that the news of Jesus was only for Jewish people. Initially, they were an offshoot of the Jewish faith, taught by a Jewish rabbi. Um, and then came this moment of crisis. You can read about it in Acts chapter 15, where non-Jewish people were starting to join this group of Jesus followers. And so a church conference was called to debate what we do with these non-Jewish people. And most of the Jewish Christians said, well, it's quite simple. They need to convert to Judaism so that we can welcome them in following Jesus. And it was Paul, St. Paul, and Peter, St. Peter, who stood firm and said, that is not the message of Jesus. When Jesus speaks, go into all the world, proclaim good news to all creation, he's not saying proclaim good news to the Jewish faithful. He's saying proclaim good news to all creation. And so they took a decision at that first church conference that said, you don't first have to become Jewish in order to become Christian. All are welcome. The Greeks, the Romans, the Parthians, the Medes, the Persians, the Goths, the Vandals, all of those different cultures came in and became part of that Christian movement. It was an amazingly welcoming gesture where people found a home and found a faith that said, we recognize your culture and we welcome you anyway. And perhaps, perhaps the challenge for us today, where so often we persuade ourselves that, that God is like us. Subconsciously, we assume that God only speaks English. And maybe, maybe even more so, God only speaks American. And we forget that this good news is to pro be proclaimed to all of creation. And, and if you'll allow me a little space to say, to be proclaimed to the Americans, and to the Mexicans, and to the Chinese, and to those many, many, many other people who struggle to speak English or cannot speak English at all because they come from elsewhere. Here Jesus is saying, this good news is for all of creation. This is a gospel for the whole world. I, I hope you're hearing because it's very easy for us to begin to believe the gospel is only for us. Um, as you guys know, I come from South Africa. The amazement of some in South Africa is to discover that they're Christians outside of South Africa. Who would have believed it? And maybe, maybe there are moments that others attempted to the same thing, that when you live in America, you begin to assume that America and Christian are the same thing. And being American automatically makes you Christian, which is simply not true. Christian is way bigger than a nation. 
Christian is a worldwide family. We take hands with each other across our nations and our cultures and our languages because the gospel says, proclaim good news to all of creation. One of the questions that gets asked when you're confirmed, will you follow Jesus? And the answer is, with my whole heart, here I am, send me. And in that moment of following Jesus, you can discover that you join a worldwide family, all of creation, that we have brothers and sisters everywhere. And you in America can have a brother from South Africa, and we belong to God's family together. I in South Africa can discover that I have brothers and sisters here in Brookings because we belong to the same family. Mark 6.15, he said to them, Go into all the world, all the world, wherever there is world, proclaim good news to the whole creation. So tomorrow is Ascension Day, an appropriate day for us to be reminded of the call of Jesus to be people in mission. You might ask, but how do I do that? Where do I find the strength for that? I, I struggle, I fail, I fall on my face. I'm simply not good enough. And that's where a Pentecost Sunday comes in. Pentecost, the moment that Jesus gives us the power to be able to proclaim his gospel. And so I invite you to start tomorrow as day one and for the next 10 days to pray for the blessing of the Holy Spirit, to pray for God to give you the strength that you can be faithful to this great commission. And then invite you to come to church on Pentecost Sunday um, as the end of your, of your short spiritual pilgrimage and allow us to pray for you that day that God might bless you with his spirit. Thank you for listening to this week's message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get yours, and be sure to watch for new podcasts from us launching in the coming months. You can find information about our services and outreach on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page, Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of the pastors of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 936719, streaming plus license number 21039161. Visit brookingsmethodist.org for more information.